0: in your seatbelt, Chicago I want it now and I ain't never gonna back down Chicago Bulls select Patrick Williams The Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. I am no regular get out this is called be right
1: Stafford in trouble
0: Thrown to the ground at the 38 by the rookie, Ropon Smith. I'm go it, I'm see, I keep on moving
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome into Who We're High On, a Chicago Bulls and Bears podcast. My name is Max rezik winkle and I am joined today by one of our co-hosts,
0: Ajay Kippel. What's up, Aj? Hey, Max. Super excited to finally do this. We have a lot of awesome. Awesome content coming on the way. We hope to have Gabe uh, later this week to join us for the Bears preview. But for now, I feel like we have a lot to talk about with this exciting upcoming Bulls season. Yeah, so we've been
1: talking about doing this for a long, long time. It's going to be us three. We We've grew up in Chicago. We're super excited to just give our takes, talk about all the latest stuff, Bulls and Bears. Um, So we're going to have multiple episodes, hopefully, coming each week, just covering what's going on with the Bulls and the Bears, breaking down their season and everything. But today, right before the Bulls' first game tomorrow against the Hawks, we're going to be breaking down some stuff. We're going to be talking three headlines for the Bulls' season. We're going to be talking the recent news about Lowry Markkinen uh, not getting a contract extension, and just giving some realistic outcomes for the 2021 uh, Bulls' season. Um, So... Uh, again, super excited, and let's get right into it. Um, so, what Ajay, you had a couple headlines for us. What are some of your headlines for the Bulls
0: season? Right. I feel like without addressing the elephant in the room with uh, COVID-19, the big question right now for the Bulls is how Zach Levine and Kobe White will pair as foundational pieces for this team going forward. Zach Lowe and a lot of ESPN insiders and Bleacher Report writers are very skeptical about this young backcourt, especially as Kobe White as our lead initiate, lead initiator. And I think that there's some real problems there. I I really wanna see how a new coaching staff can maybe establish some consistent play around the two as they get more guys involved in the offense. The big thing last season was just really how flawed that offense was in regards to its lack of shooting. Oftentimes they were just super stagnant and they had to resort to Zach Levine bailing them out on a ridiculous isolation shot. And if Kobe can establish some really good pick and roll chemistry with some of our bigs, or if he can learn to grow as a pocket passer or a passer off the dribble, I think he could do a good job. He's not going to be perfect, obviously, but the big question is how he pairs with Zach Levine.
1: Yeah, and I think something that uh, what you kind of brought up A lot of people talk about Zach Levine, especially as uh, the phrase empty calorie score is thrown around a lot. And I just kind of think, I think that's miscategorizing him. Obviously he hasn't been on a a winning roster. Um, And also like you talked about with Jim Boylan, kind of limiting the offense a bit. Uh, Late in the shot clock, like you said, we had Zach Levine getting the ball and kind of having to facilitate on his own. But I do, think, I do think Zach Levine, especially with this new roster, I'm really excited to see what he can do with this. And we saw late in the year last year, um, in the month of February, when Kobe White, I believe that was when he won, uh, was it Rookie of the Month or, or um, East Player of the Month?
0: I believe he got Rookie of the Month, and he was eventually rewarded by being on the All-Rookie Second Team.
1: Yeah, so that was great to see. And we saw a lot of good minutes from Kobe when they put him into the starting lineup. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do under Billy Donovan's offense. And we're going to touch on that later, kind of what's the team going to morph into with this new team identity. Um, but And something that we also saw a lot over the summer um, and over the offseason was seeing Zach Levine improve as a defender. Um, and I know he if I don't know if you've seen his Instagram at all, but he's kind of been posting videos of workouts and stuff and working on himself as a defender. and it goes back to a lot of people talking about him as an empty calorie scorer. Um, yeah you know, if I- he can produce on that other side. So what do you think what's your outlook kind of going into the season
0: on him as a defender and as a facilitator? I'm really glad you mentioned his defense because, It's kind of hard to take stock into, into Zach Levine's defense. Really. I feel like people forget he had a pretty catastrophic injury. He did tear his ACL. Another thing is that he has played for, I think five or six different head coaches in the NBA. That's crazy. Uh, Only a six or seven season. That's, that's very significant, especially considering how each coach revolves around different defensive schemes. Um, Most notably, he played under Tom Thibodeau, who has a really good reputation as a defensive coach and I think we're not going to see Zach Levine as an elite two-way player. It was, um, it was, let's face it. It was pretty much um, impossible for him to be an elite two-way player for the Bulls last year, considering how he was expected to score 30, almost 40 points a game for us some games. So I feel like if some other guys step up on that end, or if he just kind of buys into more of a team defensive scheme, I think he can really improve and potentially have an all-star bid for us this year as a playmaker. I do have some doubts as well. Uh, It just kind of depends on who's hitting shots, really. If Lowry's going to hit some shots from threes, then Zach is going to get some bigger assist numbers. If Wendell is going to have the open shots that he's been getting in preseason and he starts to get close to fall, that's only going to open up the floor more for Zach and potentially help him get more confidence as a playmaker. So really interesting to see how he buys into Team defense, individual defense, as well as as a playmaker. So, Mm -hmm. really excited. Another thing I want to say about Zach Levine is he's not a kid anymore, right? He's it's unfair um, to label him as I guess an empty calorie scorer in my opinion. But he's not a kid anymore, man. Like you really, he has high expectations now. It's year he was 2014 draft class is year seven for him. Yeah. I think it's, it's time to put things together and if that's not the case it's time for him to be shipped off to a team where he's more the second or the third option
1: yeah and i think that's that's one of the questions that this new front office has to answer this year is what do they see with this roster um do they see zach levine as the number one guy on this team you know do they or do we need is it time to move on to someone else do we look for that in the draft do we look for that in free agency do we have to explore that via trades and I think that's something that a lot of people are looking into going into this year especially with our start we have a tough start to the schedule this year Um, and I think I think part of that we're going to see how the season starts off I think that'll determine where this front office goes this season if we see the Starting lineup and our and our rotations starting to mesh better together, and we see Zach and Kobe and and Lowry really come together and Wendell. If I I think we definitely need to see um, Wendell because especially with those that three ball that he was putting up in the in the preseason that was rough. That's right. Um, Wendell was one of sixteen. I
0: do want to ask you one question about Kobe. Yeah, right?
1: go for it. Let me just let me just finish that one. Uh, just that one thought. I think it it'll. It'll determine where this where this team goes if we stick with Zach Levine um, moving forward if he can I thought that was a great point if he can be that number one guy on this team or if we need to move forward.
0: Um, but go ahead. that Kobe White question. why do you think Shovas, um, Billy Donovan and Mark Eversley so quickly handed Kobe White the keys to this offense and gave him this starting job so quickly. What did you think he saw in him as a, as a playmaker immediately at his twi- age 19, age 20 season? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think honestly
1: one of the things that was impacting that was the uh, the fact that Tomas Sadaransky was not available. Um, and I don't know what was going on with that. I think he recently, I just saw a tweet about, I forgot who tweeted it, but I saw something about how he was able to still work out while he wasn't with the team. But even just 20 22 hours ago i'm looking at it right now he still remained away from the team um, with an undisclosed issue Um, and so obviously that plays a role but i think i honestly think going into this year kind of what he was able to do at the end of last year um, we saw great stuff from him in february right before the league kind of started moving towards shutting down and i think they want to continue that because i think it wasn't just putting up shots. He had some great, uh, overall numbers. Uh, I mean his, his assist to turnover ratio. Um, and we, we wanted to talk about that through four games played so far this season. They kind of carried that over in the preseason. He's averaged 4.3 assists per game and just uh three turnovers. So I think, and that's roughly the same assist to turnover ratio that he registered last year. Uh, 1.61 over the regular season. Right. Um, and so I think that's something they want to continue in this year is his efficiency, his uh, playmaking ability. So I think I think they really have seen something. They must have seen something in the offense leading up to this season about his ability to really take control of this offense, whether that be as a scorer or, or as, a, as a passer and getting it out to the other guys that they have on the floor.
0: Uh, what do you think about that? That's a really good point. I think that another thing you have to keep in mind of is they had really limited options outside of Tomas Sadaransky. The market for initiator initiator point guards in free agency was very weak. They did not really sign anyone for that role, nor did they really explore, I don't think. And our other option is Ryan Archidiakono, who really won't move the needle as a starting point guard in the NBA. And I like how you yeah. uh, touched on Kobe at the end of last season. Like Stacey King said this, he he should have been starting a lot earlier. He's earned those minutes. He was a 24 point per game scorer post All Star break, I believe. And that is not a fluke. And for that, I think you have to reward him with the starting lineup in the starting lineup. So, yeah. Um, and Donovan, just kind of
1: going into the starting lineup, Donovan has already tapped him as their starting point guard. Um, some of the other uh, rotational stuff. He's not quite settled in on. he's He said he's not
0: going to announce that until Wednesday before the game. Um, it is really exciting. Actually, Kobe's going to have a pretty big challenge ahead of him. Not only is he going to have to initiate offense for four other guys, but he's also going to be defended by some of the league's best point guards. Right off the bat, he had to defend John Wall, and John Wall defended him. That was a huge challenge. John Wall is one of the fastest guys this league has ever seen. He had a huge time it was was very difficult for kobe to stand in front of john wall as it is for anyone defending john wall but also scoring Mm -hmm. on john Wall was, was very difficult as well
1: i i do think i want to bring up one thing uh and then we'll kind of go back to wrapping up that point uh speaking of staying in front of john wall i thought patrick williams did a great job of staying in front of the people he was tasked to defend and something that coming out of college that a lot of people said about him, is he's able to de- uh, to defend positions one through five. Um, but we're going to talk about that soon. I just want to kind of finish off that first headline about uh, will Zach Levine and Kobe White uh, prove themselves to be the centerpieces under this new regime. What would you like to see out of Zach Levine, and what would you see like to see out of Kobe White if they're going to stay with this team and prove themselves to be crucial pieces to this franchise and this roster? What would you
0: like to see out of them this year? That's a good question. I really want to see the two of them play under control. Part of their problems and woes last year on offense were really bad isolation shots that they had to resort to. I think they can play with more control, with stabilized coaching and stabilized play calling. If they can really just get other guys involved in the offense as opposed to chucking up shots, I think that's going to be um, a big challenge for them, but I think they can do it. Another thing is I really want them to play fast and transition. Kobe White is probably one of the 10 fastest guys in the NBA with the ball in his hand. Zach Levine is probably one of the most athletic guys the NBA has seen. So if they play fast, get really easy buckets in transition, get some big leads early on opposing teams, that's going to really give them some confidence going into third quarter, fourth quarter games.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think, I think for me, just kind of seeing – I think kobe white's doing great and i think if if we can continue to see him do what he was able to do last february and even what he's been able to do in the preseason if we continue to see him be able to continue that into the season um with a team that's starting fresh i mean the team is the team is and O right now they have played no games it's a fresh slate uh putting preseason and and season predictions aside will kobe be able to continue that in a starting role um so that's for him and i think zach holding his own on the defensive side seeing what that work turns out to be will he be able to hold his own against some of the shooting guards and even small forwards i mean mostly shooting guards but that he's tasked to play against and and what is he able to do with with the ball in his hands um will he be able to find other players to kick it out to, or is it going to be more him stuck with the ball late in the shot clock? So I I would love to see the offense moving, like you said, running in transition, but um, also not sticking the ball in Zach's hands with 14 seconds left on the shot clock and clearing it out and seeing what he could do. I would love to see movement, get shots, just find the open man. And I thought we saw some great examples of that. Uh, But moving on uh, with the fourth pick, In the 2020 NBA draft, the Chicago Bulls did indeed select Patrick Williams out of Florida State, Um, and a lot of people were surprised about that. He flew up the draft boards um, and eventually went number four, and I have been very impressed with what I saw from him in preseason. Um, But starting with you, what,
0: what impressed you most about Williams in this preseason? You mentioned this earlier, but I really liked his lateral movement and his lateral quickness. Uh, a picture surf- resurfaced of him at Florida State, I think in March or February, and it just showed him in a, in a defensive stance, and his quads were huge. And he's a strong, he's strong guy. On, he's a really strong. And because of that, he kind of had some trouble staying in front of some college guards, and he was often um, susceptible to blow But since then, I don't know if he's lost some weight or just. Um, learned something from Bulls defensive coaches, but he did a really good job staying in front of both John Wall and Shea Gilgis Alexander on switches. I really liked how he relied on his length and strength as opposed to reaching and fouling early on. And for him to do that and show that defensive versatility as a 19-year-old is really exciting. We know that two-way players are very valuable in this league. Jimmy Butler was probably the third or fourth best player on an NBA finals team. And he has been one of the best two-way guys this league has seen in the 2010s. Kawhi Leonard has also been one of those guys and having a bulls player with immense two-way potential is very, very exciting, especially for a young team.
1: Absolutely. And something that I've, I've really been pleasantly surprised watching is his composure on the court. Um, he, he, for a lot of I mean there may have been one or two instances instances here and there, but I thought he did a great job finding a smart shot. I mean, he just looks like a smart player out on the court. Um, and he hustles. He I think I think he's got a great great knowledge of the game, at least that we've seen so far. He's something that you wanted to touch on. He's moved he's done great without the ball, um, kind of moving around the court, opening up the floor for other guys. Um, and I think just seeing the kind of shot selection that he's going for, and obviously at some point it's going to happen. We're going to see rookie mistakes. Um, we're going to see rookie moves because it is his first season in the, in the league. He's a rookie. Um, and I mean, something that I know we were worried about when we were watching the draft, he came off the bench at Florida state. Um, how is that going to translate going from the bench to getting, which I think he's going to get. How is he big NBA minutes? Um, and I think I totally agree. I think his just overall for me, his composure on the defensive and offensive end. Uh,
0: I think I was very impressed with that. You're right. The rookie mistakes are inevitable. There's no doubt about that. What I noticed is he, I think he, they called a few travels on him Yeah. Uh, on his first step with the ball. Mm-hmm. Some of those are kind of nitpicky calls, but they do get called on, but when that happened, he, his first step was lightning quick. It really, really was. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: When he has that
0: lightning quick first step, it allows him to get separation in the mid-range, which he's already really comfortable at. Another thing is, it's his he really produced in just four quick games. The Bulls yeah. weren't running any plays for him. The majority of the plays the Bulls ran were pick and rolls or plays that got Lowry marketing wide-open shots on the wing or in the corner. Mm-hmm. And so for Patrick Williams to have some legitimate production without any plays run for him is really promising. You know, sometimes we talk about Chandler Hodgson on the floor and how oh. basically we don't notice him for four or five minute stretches. Mm-hmm. You can't say that about Patrick Williams because he's always there. He's getting loose balls. Yeah. He's finding open guys. He's, he's doing the extra pass. I expect him to attack closeouts really soon. And I expect him to remain confident on open three balls, is really exciting
1: yeah I, i'm i'm definitely very excited to see what he is able to do with the bulls this year um and another thing i think that's exciting is his age
0: um, Guess with what? the is regime
1: he is 19 he was born in august of 2001 and that is awesome because something we saw with the previous regime not all the time but they took older guys doug mcdermott denzel valentine this guy has a lot of potential, and aside from uh, Pokachevsky, he's the youngest guy in this league right now. Um, so that's that's a really exciting thing. And right now, I mean, I was just looking up the the average team age for the Bulls is 25. Um, wow. Almost, almost 26, but 25.8. Um, but, I mean, I think that's exciting, and I think it points to what this front office is looking to do is they're looking to evaluate. They do have a lot of young talent on this roster, um, and they're looking to evaluate that and see what they can do. Um, and I think that kind of leads into. Unless you have any other thoughts on Patrick Williams,
0: um, anything else there? A real quick thing is, yeah, Patrick Williams did not have a preseason. He did not play in the NCAA tournament. His yeah. most recent game as a starter was, I guess, despite or aside from. But he didn't. Game, he didn't have a postseason. You mean? Yeah. 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 Um, or he didn't have a summer league, is what I meant. Yeah, he didn't have a summer league. No summer league, no, summer league, no NCAA tournament. Uh, outside of starting those two games against the Thunder, his most recent start was in high school. Yeah. So I think he kind of looks beyond his years at this point. Absolutely. Um, so that's, but That's what we have to say about Patrick. Bulls Twitter and Bulls fans are very, very high on the pick. Uh, so I, I,
1: think, I think a lot of national media is looking at him, too. Right. I mean, even, even in the, um, I'd have to pull it up, but he was up there in the, in the odds for rookie of the year. Um, and so I think that's, that's something that we haven't seen, um, in a bit. I mean, Kobe White, people, people liked what they saw out of him. Um, but he is, let's see. Oh, never mind. He's 11th in rookie of the year, whatever. We don't care. He's not getting the respect that he deserves. Um, Yeah, not yet. But, I mean, mean just it's obviously preseason, so we're going to have to see what what we get out of him. But I'm really excited for what he's going to do this year. Absolutely. Um, And so, anyway, what I was saying about uh, kind of evaluating what the team has, that we're also going to evaluate under this new team identity. Um, And that's kind of our third headline. Was what is this new team identity going to be? And what are we going to look at? Uh, what are we going to look like under Billy Donovan, um,
0: the new head coach for the Bulls? Right. I'll start there. I want to say that Billy Donovan does a very good job at maximizing his roster. Mm-hmm. He coached the Thunder last year, um, and he coached well above expectations. They ended up losing in the playoffs, but they got really valuable minutes from young guys like Darius Bazley and Luka Stewart Chris Paul was their alpha dog, and he did a really good job of teaching some of their young guys and just providing winning basketball plays. And another thing is I think Billy Donovan does a pretty good job of getting some big guys involved. Steven Adams was their center last year, and he's most likely a traditional big man. He's a very good screener and he has a nice game close to the basket. But I think he's gonna be able to unlock some potential in Wendell Carter. Mm -hmm. as a passer and as a guy who you could potentially run some of the offense with it hasn't happened so far in these preseason games i think wendell has kind of looked lost so far but that could just be you know that could be rust that could be him being traumatized by his inept boiling offense (laughs) We'll we'll have to see oh boy exactly what schemes billy donovan is going to run With Wendell Carter Jr., what I really liked in the preseason was the little two-man pick and roll game Lowry, Markin, and then Wendell Carter had. Mm -hmm. Wendell had a really nice lob pass to Lowry near the free throw line, and Lowry slammed that home. And they did a really good job running that. And I think the two of those guys, both of them, can get involved together, and continue to find open guys. Lowry can maybe attack closeouts if he gets more respect on the arc. They're going to have a confident offense among those big guys
1: absolutely yeah i mean and i'm excited just to kind of see how he loosens the leash a little bit compared to what jim boylan was because i mean we definitely saw him limit the shots that wendell was taking and like you touched on he didn't wendell didn't look great in terms of his three ball in the preseason but the fact that he's encouraging him to continue to take those shots is something that's great to see because we want to see development right now um, realistically we're not in a we don't have a roster that can contend right now um, and so something that we saw Jim Boylan do a lot last year is a rookie would make a mistake and he would try and prove a point by benching them that's not, yeah. not that's not something that you want to see no, right now we're trying to develop lot. our players absolutely so someone makes a mistake uses it as a teaching moment Wendell didn't make too many did not shoot a good percentage at all this preseason but Billy Donovan encourage him to continue shooting those threes. And that's, that's the kind of teacher and developer that you need. If you're going to try and evaluate your talent for what it really is, allow them to do what they're good at and see how they produce on an NBA roster.
0: I'm really glad that you mentioned that because Jim Boylan didn't allow his players to play at their strengths. Like you just said, Kobe White and Zach Levine are very, very good mid range shooters. And advanced nba stats might say that the three is a much better option than the mid-range but when you're really good at the mid-range and you have a meddling offense that's there's nothing wrong with that shot and i think that billy donovan is gonna allow kobe and zach to to shoot mid-range shots as opposed to only threes and it's going to be nice to see them grow in that regard yeah i'm very excited for that
1: anything else you want to touch on with billy donovan
0: Billy Donovan is a guy who can maximize his roster. I want to talk Absolutely. about Maurice Cheeks also. Maurice Cheeks mm-hmm. is a Chicagoan who is now one of our assistant coaches. He's most likely yeah. going to be one of the defensive end. We lost mm-hmm. a really good defender in Chris Dunn, and I hope that Mo Cheeks can instill some really good defensive instincts in our young guards, such as Devon Dotson and Kobe White.
1: Yeah, yeah. Devon Dotson I thought was a great undrafted signing.
0: Right, also a Chicago guy.
1: Yeah, so I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, but I was I was relatively surprised to see Billy Donovan brought in.
0: It came um, out of nowhere, didn't it?
1: Yeah, and I thought, I mean, I think we both thought, all three of us thought, you mean Gabe? We all kind of were like expecting a transitional coach of some sort, right? Um, kind of a a development coach to kind of come in, and then when we have a roster that's ready, you can tend to contend, bring in a big headline name and then all of a sudden billy donovan is the new head coach of the chicago bulls and i think he's i think you could easily qualify him as as a as a pretty big name coach um so it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with a roster that's not ready to contend and obviously the goal is to develop it and get it to a place where it's ready to contend and then i'm i think he can stay with this roster and bring them if they have the right pieces, bring them to a championship.
0: Right. Last call. Last thing on Billy Donovan, yeah, uh, when yeah. he was a coach with Oklahoma City Thunder, he's always had star talent, whether that be Chris Paul, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. I'm really excited to see um, him coach a team that is really lacking star talent, mm-hmm. and I think he can still do a job of do a good job of turning this team from a C to a B, while simultaneously getting some good habits out of his young guys and yeah. bring them into capable, confident, young players who are not afraid to compete.
1: Absolutely. Um, so another thing we definitely wanted to touch on, it came out yesterday that Lowry and the Bulls were not going to come to uh, an agreement on a contract extension. So that means uh, Lowry Markinen, who the Bulls got in that Jimmy Butler trade a couple years back, uh, or more than a couple, a few years back, um, he's going to be a restricted free agent this year. And so something for me, I feel like that kind of, obviously, it would have been because he was going into a contract year anyways. But now that he's going into the season knowing that he does not currently have a contract, this kind of becomes a prove-it year for Lowry. We saw really, I mean, kind of mid-level production from him his rookie year, second year. And uh, we were kind of looking for a jump. And we didn't see that big third-year leap last year. And I think that this, we've touched on this already, but this front office is trying to see who Lowry Markkinen as a player really is. And I think this is going to be a big evaluation year, much like with the entire roster. What is Lowry going to look like? And what is he going to be worth in the restricted free agent market? And that obviously depends on what kind of production he has this year. But is he going to be someone that the Bulls want to keep around? You know? Um, So I I wanted to get your thoughts on that. What do you think about Lowry coming into this year?
0: I have two things on that, Max. Well, two things really worry me. Number one is that his agent and the front office are not on the same page. Casey Johnson said last night or the other day that uh, the two sides were not close on an agreement. And that kind of worries me. I don't know what the agent views Lowry as uh, in this free agency. I don't know what kind of, what, what the magic number is on his contract will be. There's no doubt that he has regressed um, statistically uh, from his rookie season. He hasn't improved on his game. Part of that might be due to coaching. Part of that might be due to injuries. But the fact that the two are not close to an agreement worries me. Another thing is the 2020 NBA free agency was supposed to be a very robust offseason some players who were supposed to be available, such as Giannis, Rudy Gobert, Yeah. Uh, Paul George, all those They're players market. Have, yeah. All those players have since signed extensions, making this class now kind of weak. So it's more likely now that some team with cap space would throw a very high qualifying offer to Larry market and forcing the bulls to match it. Yeah. And, and we've seen so a lot really, of extensions
1: we, go out already with people from his,
0: yeah, his counterparts the max yeah. guy i don't yeah. think he's quite the he's obviously not quite the level that those max guys are no. um that would be who uh, jason tatum got maxed up darren fox Bam might of bio and Donovan mitchell so yeah i don't yeah. think lowry is gonna make that money i don't think he's gonna be close to that money no, uh, I, I think he'll know. be closer to like a uh, kyle kuzma or even Jonathan Isaac type deal. Yeah, I was gonna say
1: I th- I could see him going around probably more than Kuzma. I think he could go somewhere in the Jonathan Isaac range, which is kind of where we saw Zach Levine, um,
0: right.
1: sign his contract around uh, four year seventy nine. Jonathan Isaac got four year eighty million. Uh, Markel Foltz got three years fifty million. Um, and then two other guys actually from his class, Lonzo Ball and John Collins, have not signed yet. So those are going to be two other guys that are most likely going to be going into restricted free agency. Um, and so kind of seeing how, especially now with a weak free agent class, how they're all going to stack up against against Lowry, and are we going to see his numbers get inflated because of the strength of this of this free agency class? Yeah. Um, and so I, I think, obviously, that impacts the outlook of the Butler trade if he were to walk. But another thing you need to look at is long-term, would would now be a good time to trade Lowry?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, the good news is we have a competent front office. I believe in their ability huh. to get something out of Lowry marketing. Thank whether that's trading him in the offseason or perhaps orchestrating a sign and trade I'm not worried that the bulls are going to let him walk for nothing I don't think that's going to happen yeah going into accepting this job Mark Evers or Arturus Konarshov was, was absolutely high on Larry Barkin he would not he would not have accepted this opportunity as the VP of basketball operations if he didn't see anything in this young core He's mm-hmm. going to get something out of Lowry Market, whether that be an extension or a sign-and-trade or a regular season trade. And part of it just comes to this season. Like you said, the proven season. It's quite possible that Lowry is just going to be an average shooter in the NBA. I yeah. want to see him get up to 39 to 38% from three-point range. Even better than that would be would be really good.
1: Yeah. But
0: it is quite possible that he's nothing but a bench shooter. And that's something that the Bulls just might, yeah. have, might have to deal with.
1: Yeah, and I think that kind of ties into, um, well, before we get to that, what would you consider to be a good season for Lowry? Um, I mean, I think we need to see improved production from the three-point line, like you talked about.
0: Absolutely. I want her to be healthy also. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I want to see him play. I I mean, obviously, it'd be great to see him play in the range of 65, 72 games.
0: Yes, It's also worth noting that he will have every chance to succeed this season. Like we saw in the preseason games, the team is running a lot of their offense through him, giving him open Mm -hmm. shots, allowing him to attack closeouts, giving him high ball screens. So he has a lot of momentum going towards the basket.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, So, yeah, he'll have every chance to succeed. And if he just doesn't capitalize on his open shots and if he doesn't hit big shots when the game matters, it's very likely that the Bulls don't view him in that twenty to twenty-five million dollar range. Yeah, and then again, it may be time
1: to either look for a trade, and his value has probably gone down now that. And I mean, if the Bulls view, obviously, the most ideal situation would be keeping him around, because that totally. means he's the most ideal situation is he plays great, plays himself into a contract. Great, he bet on himself. You know, obviously, because he didn't reach. An agreement on numbers that he thought he was worth um and so I think that'd be the best outcome for them is he proves himself and we get something out of that Butler trade and we have a good player in Larry Martin moving forward um and I think that's one of the long-term outlooks for the season but some of the other uh kind of things we wanted to touch on for this season are our uh, outlooks for the Bulls this year right um and that one of the major points we wanted to touch on was development over wins. Um, Absolutely. And that includes Lowry, Wendell, Kobe, Zach, really everyone on the roster. We want to prioritize developing our players and not kind of that crap that we were seeing from Jim Boylan, like benching a guy because he wasn't producing or made a mistake that could affect the outcome of the team. We don't want that. We want to see players learning on the court what their role is and developing as a team.
0: Yeah, for sure. I want to say also this about Larry Markkinen. He -hmm. wants to be here long-term. He and his agent said he wants to be here long-term. Yeah. So I think he's going to go out and play really hard and get himself a big contract. And if that happens, that's great. I think he's going to develop with these other guys too. I think he'll play a lot of the five this year, which is nice. Yeah and going over your point about development over wins Mm -hmm. that is really circumstantial in how kobe white initiates this offense he has really he has a really really important role doing that and getting other guys involved aside from getting himself involved so yeah hopefully hopefully veterans can uh help with that help him in that role tomas sadaransky is a professional basketball player he will help kobe white he will get open Mm -hmm. shots for people They'll take some pressure off them to initiate. But Absolutely. I mean, realistically, the Bulls could potentially be a uh, planned tournament team. Mm-hmm. I don't see them being better than uh, an eighth seed in the NBA, considering just how. No, and I are. don't know if I want them to be. No, you no. Know,
1: well, looking at this draft class that's coming up, you have a lot of great. And I'm sure we'll do. We'll talk about that so much throughout this year. Oh big draft class. It's a huge draft class, and you're at a point where your team is not in all likelihood is not built to contend. So do you want to be a fringe mediocre team that's gonna end up maybe making the playoffs through a play in or something and not drafting in the lottery? Or do you want to spend the year developing your players and putting yourself in a position to draft him, and I think that kind of touches on the point how do you get there and that's something I wanted to talk about what should the Bulls be going for do we really want to be a playoff team right now um and I think kind of some possibilities that the front office might be looking at is possibly getting rid of Otto Porter Jr because he makes our team better but do we view him as a long-term part of our team he's another guy who's going to be going into free agency and in a now what's become a weak free agency class he's in all likelihood going to be getting paid pretty well um so is that someone we want to maybe offload try and get whatever we can for him and then that honestly opens up minutes for patrick williams while also probably taking away a few wins from our team but putting us in a better place to both develop our players and draft in a better position. What do you think about that?
0: A really good point on Otto Porter. This is uh, year one of the rebuild. I know we've kind of been a rebuilding team these past few years getting the seventh overall pick in the draft, but under Arturish Ishkarnashovos and Mark Eversley, this is their first year together. This is their first year in this regime. This is year one of the rebuild, and I don't think it makes sense to have Otto Porter here long term Yeah, considering, I guess not his age. I don't think he's an older player, but considering his injury patterns and just his overall production these past few seasons, I think they drafted Patrick Williams so early because they're very high on him being a starter on this team. They're really high on him being a two-way player on this team. Mm
1: -hmm. And I don't think
0: it really makes sense for Otto Porto to be here in the long term. So if they can trade him in the offseason for either – it's well. It's most likely going to be picks or another young asset they they deem uh, sustainable to have for this team. That's that's going to be something to look forward to. Yeah. But I, I you're I think you hit it head on in regards to realistic expectations for this team. This draft class is is really strong. Mm-hmm. Arturs Karnachovas, when he was with Denver, did a really really good job of drafting players. Perhaps even too good of a job drafting players. Yeah. And if we just keep having our young core play better while losing some games. I think it's, things are going to really look up for the Bulls.
1: Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. I don't think, and I, I mean, I'm sure the Ryan are are tired of losing, but I think in the long-term view of things, I think squeaking, barely s- squeezing into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth is not the, not the best thing. Outcome for the Bulls long term right now, um, so I think, and I mean realistically breaking down who were better than in this league, I don't see that as a wild, wild prediction to be that the Bulls don't make the playoffs. They end up picking somewhere relatively, having somewhere relatively high in the lottery odds. I don't, I don't think that's a unrealistic outcome, you know, because. Um,
0: I mean, who are we better than, you know? Right. I think people don't realize how close we are to just being the worst team in the NBA. I think the worst team in the NBA is the New York Knicks. But (laughs) if Zach Levine gets injured, are we better than the Knicks? I don't know. Zach Levine was ninth in scoring in the NBA, averaging 25 points per game. He was the glue to our offense last year. Things are obviously going to be different this year with a more competent head coaching staff. But at the same time, if Zach Levine gets injured, I don't see where we're getting a lot of our points. And with that being said, I don't think we see a lot of wins coming then.
1: No, and I think a lot of that depends in where we stack up against some of these lower-level teams like the Timberwolves. And, um, I mean, we're going to see a lot of teams improving that were in the lower end last year. Like, I think we're going to – I think we're better than the Cavs, you know. But, right yeah i mean that's something that may not be a surefire thing but like the Suns are going to be a better team this year the kings are going to be a better team this year um and we've we've seen a lot even the magic could be a better team you know i think the magic are probably going to be around the same level as us again but like depending on how severe this gordon hayward injury is are they going to be better than us
0: you know, uh, yeah. I think Charlotte will be in our level. I think I think Orlando will be a little bit, a little bit better, just because yeah. how high of a level to defend. Yeah. All right. Well. Anyway, with this team, I feel like this is the season that the new front office they're gonna look at this team with a microscope and they're essentially gonna decide how they're gonna build this team, what identity are they gonna adopt, adapt, adopt, adapt. Who, uh, which players yeah. are they going to keep and which players are they going to ditch. And it's a huge season for them. A lot of pressure
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, building this team going forward. They uh, won't be uh, – in terms of cap space for next season, I think we'll be looking a lot better as we shed some contracts. But yeah, uh, you are one of the rebuilds, and we do have a lot of faith in our tourist corner show and Mark Eversley. But I think they have to show go pre- through – yeah, I think they got, they got to go prove it and do something aggressive. Yeah. I, I really right. do think so. Completely this team agree. is not going to win a lot of games, so.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. So I think the last thing we just want to touch on is um, I, think, I think it's tough to predict win-loss exactly for this year because, I mean, obviously we haven't even talked about the COVID stuff, but that's going to throw the season into a, a – into question a little bit you you never know if games are going to be canceled here and there um but so i think it's it's kind of i think we kind of touched on that and i think you got it exactly right i think we're we need to be prepared to not win many games and i think that's okay um, and so the last thing we wanted to touch on was just a preview this first game this opening game of the year on wednesday against the atlanta hawks and I'm sure we all wish it could be this, but it's looking like Chris Dunn is going to be out. I think he is going to be out. So we're not going to have a Chris Dunn revenge game. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on this game?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I want to see Kobe White be really aggressive here. He is not yeah. being defended by uh, John Wall this game. He's being defended by Trey Young. So I want him to be really aggressive. I want him to attack, attack a lot in offense, try and get guys involved. Mm-hmm. I also kind of want to see what the starting lineup is going to be. It is yet to be announced. Uh, Thad Young is most likely out with a leg infection. So yeah. that means Patrick Williams will absolutely get minutes at both the three and the four, whether he's starting mm-hmm. in place of Otto or whether he's starting over Otto or coming off the bench to relieve Otto. Yeah. And lastly, I want to see Wendell Carter Jr. make a three-point shot. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or, at least, or at least if he doesn't, if he's not – taking too many shots from three, be productive somewhere else. Show us some of that mid-range game that he was not able to showcase under Jim Boylan. Um, and obviously, it's the first game that counts this year. Yeah. And I think it's hurting. the first time we're going to see what what this team looks like under Billy Donovan. Yep. Um, and what our roster looks like as a whole. So I'm I'm really excited to see what that's going to... um. Come out and look like I think something you brought up. These two teams are going to be relatively similar in competitiveness. Obviously, the Hawks have Dre Young. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Bulls don't have someone of that caliber or someone with that potential on their team. Um, I no. But I think I think other than that, yeah, pretty safe to say no. But other than that, I mean they're pretty close in terms of in terms of overall skill level and roster composition i mean the hawks didn't they didn't do too much in free agency i don't believe
0: they, signed, oh, yeah, I think they did a fair amount in free agency adding danilo Gallinari, chris dunn and bogdan bogdanovich oh yeah they got bogdan they added rondo didn't they too and rajan that's something i like about atlanta i think they have a really good wing depth uh they have a lot of they, have, they do have some high-potential two-way guys like DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. I think that's really going to help them long-term. Also, yeah. both these and Atlanta, neither of them were invited to the NBA bubble in Orlando, so this is their first time playing a meaningful game without fans. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that. I don't think either yeah. venue will have fans throughout the whole course of the season
1: uh-huh.
0: um, at the UC or I believe that's State Farmers where they play. So yeah. no fans – uh, I guess similar teams and talent. Atlanta definitely spent a lot more money this. Yeah,
1: month. and they've got the edge. I mean, yeah. I think they have the edge in terms
0: of talent. Yeah, um, player we're player not
1: going to see Yekea Kongwu, their first run draft pick this year.
0: Big o goes out,
1: but I I think so. We're not going to be able to see that. I mean, they do have young players in like Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. Um, so I mean, I think, and they do of course have. Former bowl, Tony Snell. I think Tony oh. Snell is going to put up 200 points.
0: They do have Tony Snell, man. I'm, I'm really he, disappointed that Chris Dunn's not going to play.
1: Yeah, that stinks.
0: He's I a fun Chris, guy to
1: watch.
0: Yeah, I think Chris Dunn's going to have a bad season, actually. He's going to have to play a lot of wing minutes for the for Atlanta um, when he's mm-hmm. playing with Trayong in the same court. Yeah. And when that happens, when he's playing the wing, they're going to have to give him the ball as a spot-up shooter, and he's just not going to succeed in that role. Yeah. I, yeah. Chris, I don't even think Chris Dunn cracked 30% from three as a Chicago Bull. So the wing minutes for Chris Dunn are going to be really, really hard. I think he's yeah. still going to be an absolute ball hawk on defense and just hound opposing ball handlers. But offensively, mm-hmm. he's definitely going to struggle. But I, I, do, yeah. I do wish Chris Dunn well.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean he, was, he, he was a solid player on our team. Yeah. Uh, Especially, he was kind of our defensive guy. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bulls adapt uh, and try and fill that hole. But I'm excited for this year. I'm very excited for Bulls basketball to be back. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Bears. Right.
0: Invited to the bubble. Uh, The Bulls only ended up playing like 65 games last season. So mm-hmm. just having Bulls basketball back is going to be exciting regardless of how many games they're going to win or lose. And they're going to have an entertaining team. Kobe White and Zach Levine have the option to put up 60 points a game sometimes, as you saw with that third game of the preseason. So I flying yeah. off a lot of threes, a lot of fast paced games. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh,
1: well, I think that's going to just about do it for us here on the inaugural episode of Who We're High On, a Chicago Bulls and Bears podcast. This has been so fun, and I'm so excited uh, for what we're going to do here on this podcast. It's just going to be so fun talking Chicago sports.
0: Um,
1: later this week, I believe, we're going to try and shoot for a, a Bears pod. Gabe will be joining us for the first time. Um, but thanks so much for doing this, Ajay. This has been fun.
0: Yep, first episode of many.
1: Yeah, and I hope you guys enjoy it. If you did, make sure to rate and review the podcast. If you listened, share us with the. Share us. uh, Tell your friends about it. Tell your uh, Chicago sports friends about it. Let them know. Um, And we're really excited for what we're going to do on this podcast. So thanks for listening. See you guys later. I gotta, I want it now, and I ain't never gonna back down